Hello, and welcome to TP's Music Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan Ford. And I'm Nick Replinger. And you can find us at our website, tpmusictalkpod.wordpress.com. And you can also find us at anchor.fm forward slash tpmusictalkpodcast and other major podcasting platforms by searching for TP's Music Talk Podcast. You can find us on other social media as well, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and others by searching for TP Music Talk Podcast or for TP Music Talk Pod on Twitter. Just look for our logo. And you can also email us at tpmusictalkpodcast at gmail.com. We also have shared playlists on Apple Music and Spotify that you can check out by searching TP's Music Talk Podcast as well. And don't forget to click the link in the description and leave us a voice message on Anchor. And feel free to leave us a message or a review anywhere you're listening. It really helps us out. And don't forget, donations are always appreciated. You can find a link to donate in the description of any of our episodes. No part of our show can be reproduced without permission or written consent. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a brief minute to tell you about our sponsor, I Engrave Stuff. I know you've never heard one of these advertisements before if you've listened to our show. <laughs> but uh, no, I Engrave Stuff is our sponsor and they have an incredible product being their laser engraving skills. They can engrave pretty much anything, you know. Uh, it would, they, they've engraved a tortilla once. My friend McKay Wood, who is kind of the manager of things over there, um, has made a tie from laser engraving. He makes, I mean, just incredible things. Uh, he, he made my friend a mural for his wife's wedding. He's made my wife a water bottle. I've talked about all of these things before on the show. But yeah, just if you have anything that you want engraved or if that's something you're interested in, I can tell you that he does a great job. Him and his team are, are very easy to work with. And, uh, you know, they always are, are very responsive. They post on social media much more consistently than we do. <laughs> so, yeah, feel free to give them a look. It, so you go to iengravestuff.com. And I, I say this all the time as well. But if you're shopping and you decide you want to buy something, when you're checking out, if you just type in TP10, that's T is in Tyler, P is in Paul, 10, in the promo code box, you'll get 10% off. A gift from us here at TP's Music Talk. And yeah, whatever you do decide to get, we hope you enjoy it. Their products are all really great. I have had no issues with anything that they have ever made for me. And I think they're really good about returns and stuff too. So yeah, once again, that's I Engrave Stuff. And you can find them by searching for them on social media or going to iengravestuff.com. Give them a look. Thank you. Hello, and welcome back to TP's Music Talk. I'm Ryan Ford, and I also have with me here my co-host. Nick Replinger, that's me. And uh, today we have a special guest with us, Joey Deanne Cook. Uh, Joey Cook is an American singer-songwriter from Woodbridge, Virginia, uh, who was on the 14th season of American Idol, where she auditioned with the song King of Spain by The Tallest Man on Earth. She also sang Kerosene on, uh, I think, the first round in Hollywood and Across the Universe in the final solo of the Hollywood round. Also performed a jazzy rendition of Fancy by Iggy Azalea and Mad World by Tears for Fears cover of that um, for, you know, people like Keith Urban and J-Lo along with all those other people on American Idol at the time. 
And aside from just being an amazing vocalist, she plays a slew of different instruments, I think, which, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, include piano, guitar, accordion, banjo, and probably others that I haven't named. Not to put her in a box, but I would say that her music thus far, sonically, has kind of a folky, jazzy, country alternative indie flavor to it. (laughs) It's about as specific as I can be. Uh, She toured with indie rock band Mammoth Indigo in 2013 and has been all over the world with Postmodern Jukebox performing and sharing her talents and, and you can find songs that she released with Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox on Apple Music. Uh, what else? She, she has a couple albums that she's released in the past that we know of. Um, an album on Bandcamp called Hey, I Love You. And an album called Welcome to the Variety Show, which was released in 2016. She's an incredible person, and we are so honored and extremely excited to have her on our show today. And uh, it, we got in touch with Joey through Bolin Records, through Kai, the head of HR and marketing at Bolin Records, the same way we got in touch with JJ Braves. Um, so that's how we kind of came into contact with her. And now I will stop jabbering and let this all begin. <laughs> all right. Well, well, Joey, we want to welcome you to the show, and we just want to know and say hi and hope you're excited to be here with us hello i am pumped to be here with you good good and we just want to let you to know that this zoom call is going to be recorded and we want to make sure that's okay with you and we have your permission to consent to proceed absolutely consent given awesome wonderful all right well we'll just start off the show real simple could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into music of course did you just read my wikipedia is that what happened um, so the first part is actually from Wikipedia, the American <laughs> Idol part. The other parts I got from other places, but yes, I did start with Wikipedia just like I, I feel like anybody's uh, um, studying journey begins. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've read that Wikipedia before. I knew it as soon as you started it. I knew it. Um, <laughs> and I, I haven't heard some of the songs that you mentioned in a very long time. No oh. one ever says like anything from Hollywood Week that I did. That's like like b-sides american idol oh really (laughs) well i I tried to kind of go back and just like i I wanted to try and capture a little bit of everything hopefully it wasn't too lengthy but we just we like to try and you know find out as much as we can so it was good that was a good life story there that was great (laughs) um uh, yeah i did uh american idol eight years ago now i think feels like a million um and then (laughs) Before that, I was a street musician, so I used to just play accordion. And I also knew that that was the Wikipedia because of the instrument list. It's like, for some reason, my Wikipedia says I play banjo. Like, oh, but do, do you not? Or? <laughs> like, I can I can play a banjo. I can't, like, go crazy on a banjo, but I can maneuver my way around one. But, yeah, there's I think mandolin is listed on there, too. It's it's bonkers. That's a lot of instruments that I, I guess I know how to play, but I would never consider myself a banjo player. <laughs> so what would you consider to be your main instrument then? That's complicated. I so I played the ukulele for a really long time and I am very good. I'm very good at the ukulele. Like I'm not like I can play the Beatles. Like I'm pretty I'm pretty good on a ukulele. Awesome. Um <laughs> but so cool. I, love the I retired my ukulele. I retired it. I'm no longer playing it anymore. Oh, okay. It is very difficult and has been very difficult to be taken seriously as a songwriter when you're playing a ukulele. It doesn't really work to my advantage. <laughs> <in a lot laughs> really of interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, you're you're the ukulele girl. Zoe Deschanel ruined all of our lives, but <laughs> oh yeah, wait. Well, and that's true. There there are those artists that are specifically known as as ukulele players. <laughs> yeah, it's just that whole stereotype kind of took the world by storm of ukulele girl. So I have broken out of that. I am I am retiring my ukulele. I played the accordion for a long time. I was pretty good at that. And I, once again, wouldn't consider it my main instrument and currently have retired it for the time being. Um, <laughs> right now, I would say guitar is my main instrument, but I learned how to play everything I know how to play. I learned because I know piano is once you know, once you know piano, you can kind of maneuver your way around most most instruments. So, yeah, yeah it's kind of all hear. over the place right now. I'm recording guitar. That is like my main instrument for like my band right now is I play guitar. So oh, nice. Very well, nice. Definitely very impressive yeah. that you can play all those other instruments, even just if, if a little, because I can't play accordion. If you gave me an accordion, <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do. Like, yeah. So. I magically, I magically knew how to play the accordion. It was, it was straight up magic. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I had sweet. never, I had never played one before. I, had a dream that I played the accordion and I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I should, I should probably try and do that. And I kept asking around, I was living in Richmond at the time in Virginia. And I kept asking around if anyone had an accordion and I couldn't find one for the life of me. And then there was this like music collective um, called Zocho Collective. They, I'm sure they don't exist anymore, but they pretty much just had a bunch of instruments in the house and you could go and like rent them out. Like you could give them like 20 bucks and keep it for like two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, and they like they did the same with books. They had a lot of like really political books that you could rent out. But I got there and I was like, hey, do you guys have an accordion? And they were all like, I think maybe in the basement somewhere or something. And I went down there and I tore that basement up and I found the accordion and I put it on and I knew what to do. And I knew what to do because of piano, because the like, accordion is just piano. It's all piano chords it's all, all the buttons are like the circle of fifths and I somehow just knew exactly what to do like I knew how to play a waltz on it it just made sense to my fingers yeah. so yeah accordion I just somehow magic it was just magic I somehow knew exactly what to do with it it was weird that's... I wish I could do that with guitar now because I'm not very great at guitar <laughs> <laughs> well that that's crazy um and... I need some of that magic yeah so you're self-taught with the accordion I, I mean I guess learning piano helped but yeah that yeah I've never... I'm self-taught on pretty much everything I do. I'm self-taught. I'm self-taught on guitar. The only thing was I took piano lessons when I was younger. Like my mom made me take piano lessons when I was a kid. Um, but everything else, guitar, I taught myself. Accordion, I taught myself. Ukulele. Um, and even even vocally. Like I never, I've never had actual vocal lessons. The only time I did is when I was on the show. Is they gave us vocal coaches um, on the show. But other than that, I've never had vocal lessons. And I'm every vocalist out there will tell you that I sing incorrectly. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I mean, you well, definitely have a very unique style. But I, I mean, I love it. I think your voice is very unique and just so unlike so many other artists. It's kind of refreshing in a lot of ways. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. I always thought I was terrible when I was younger because of that. <laughs> I was like, other artists don't sound like this. And plus, when I was in choir, my choir teacher would always be like, you need to learn to blend. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, I am me. I am Joey. And this I just is know how, how to open my mouth and it comes out. It just comes out. I don't know how to blend. I don't. Well, it just sounds like I, I sing badly when I try and blend. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, exactly. Very naturally. Just, I, I mean, it sounds like everything that you've done has kind of been that way with the accordion, with vocals, and and yeah, that's just really cool. N- natural talent is is such a cool thing. Yeah, um, I lucked out somehow. <laughs> and I guess kind of moving along, it, can you tell us more about your career and and uh, what you went through to now be releasing new music under Bullen Records and and sitting here on our show today? Oh, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, like I said before, I was a street musician. I grew up playing instruments. My mom made me play piano when I was younger. It's pretty much there was a we inherited an organ. Like it was this really tiny little organ. I wish I still had that thing. It was amazing, but really small little organ. And there was a jingle that happened on TV. And I was maybe six, I guess. And I went over to the organ and I played the jingle like by ear from TV and my mom immediately was like, we're going to get piano lessons. That seems like something. (laughs) And then, yeah, I taught myself to play guitar when I was in high school. I was like the sad girl at the coffee houses playing guitar. That was my role. (laughs) Um, And then I, yeah, moved out of my family's house. I became a street musician for a long time. I moved down to new Orleans and played the accordion down there for a long time. And then pretty much accidentally got on American Idol. Like it wasn't something like, I don't, I hate when people say this cause I, f- I feel like it sounds pretentious, but like, I, I didn't watch the show. Like I watched the first like three seasons of it, like the whole Kelly Clarkson situation. Right. But I wasn't like keeping up with that show. There were my mom, my mom loves reality shows, loves them singing competitions specifically. So she would like send me videos of some people that were on the show that ironically enough now I'm friends with because I've toured with them with postmodern jukebox but I wasn't like gung-ho about American Idol it wasn't my thing but my mom really loved it and it turned out that somebody in Newport News Virginia um, that I played coffee houses at his spot like open mics and stuff sent my video in to American Idol without me really knowing about it And then I couldn't figure out what to get my mom for Mother's Day. I was like, I need to get you something, but I'm I'm broke as hell. And this dude messaged me and was like, hey, I sent your video in and they want you to audition. And I was like, oh, snap. My mom loves this. This is perfect. This is perfect. We'll spend the day together. We'll go there to that weird, this weird convention center that they do it all in. Right. Like bizarre, bizarre. And then, of course, like you kind of think going into that show, I didn't know anything about reality shows at the time, which was crazy to go through. But I mean, I kind of thought that like, oh, you get this audition and then you go to the judges and that's that's the show, blah, 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 Uh, which is not the case. You go through like a billion rounds of auditions before you actually get to the whole like golden ticket, blah, blah, blah situation. Yeah. So I kept getting through and I kept getting through and I was like, Jesus Christ, what is happening? And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, the room's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And there was this moment where I was like, holy shit, I think that I'm actually going to do this. Like, I think they're actually going to have me on this show, which was crazy (laughs) at the time because I had bright blue hair. Like I still have colored hair, but I had bright blue hair. Uh, I wore these weird platform shoes and I played the accordion like I'm not fitting the Carrie Underwood you know Kelly Clarkson mold that's not what I'm doing over here (laughs) yeah yeah and yeah I just kept getting through and accidentally ended up on the show and it was the craziest experience because I was I was 23 like I was 
I say that and like I'm 31 now. So for me, like that was a kid. I was a child. (laughs) So yeah, it was crazy to go through that whole experience to be on camera because I hate being on camera. I still still to this day kind of hate being on camera. Part of me does. But, you know, being thrown onto a, you know, red carpet with all of these things. And like, it took me a while to kind of figure it out because I had a really good experience on that show for the most part. Like all the people who worked on the show, I still talk to all the people that were on the show with me. I'm still friends with like you become family after that because you're in the same room all day, every day together doing rehearsals and doing costume checks and doing all of these things. And I had a really wonderful experience in that way. But then it took me a long time afterwards to be like, oh, this show might have might have actually lifted me up. Like this might have caused some damage. Oh, no. Like, and well, because like, think about it. Like, there's kind of no way to not come out of that with some sort of damage. Like I was 23. I had no idea what I was doing at that point. Like, I've always been really headstrong, but I was 23. I was still kind of figuring it out. And then you're literally overnight put onto a television show where thousands to be judged, to be judged. That's the whole point of the show is to judge people. And so, you know, overnight, the internet just blew up with the most hateful that I've ever read in my life. Like just outrageous stuff of just like these grown ass people criticizing these kids like like there were like 16 year olds on that show with me you know what i mean and it's like someone in their parents basement going that kid can't play the guitar like he's 15 of course he can't play the guitar right right (laughs) like it yeah that show caused some serious some serious uh psychological fun fun games in my head but i ended up while i was on the show i did a jazz rendition of fancy by iggy azalea which you brought up Yes, um, we love which was like the, it was like the big thing that I did on that show. It's like the producers didn't necessarily want me to do it. They're like, this is going to go over everyone's heads. No one's going to really understand what this song is. And I was like, I think this is a good idea. I think this is a really like, good I'm idea. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And yeah, I do it anyway. And so the um, version of it I did was by the band Postmodern Jukebox. Yeah. And it turns out like at the end of it, they were like, how did you come up with this arrangement? And it's funny because I really changed the arrangement a lot. Like mm. I didn't do their arrangement of it. The most similar bit was that it was jazz. Yeah. But I didn't actually do their arrangement of it. But afterwards, uh, Ryan Seacrest comes up to me and he's like, how did you come up with the arrangement of this? And I was like, oh, actually, it's this band called Postmodern Jukebox. Turns out that's the first time anyone had said their name on television. For something like that and like ironically enough the we were right across the hall from dancing with the stars and cbs studios in that very same week they did a version of a pmj song like they did a pmj song but never gave them credit for it it's huh. really difficult for them to copyright their arrangements because they're covers yeah. so people can just use their arrangements without having to give them credit and I was the first person to ever be like, oh, it's this band called Amer- uh, called Postmodern Jukebox. So because I did that, as soon as I got taken off the show, Scott contacted me and has worked with a bunch of people from, you know, American Idol and The Voice and all of that stuff. And he knows the contracts that we're under. So like once you're off of that show, I mean, even after the finale for I think it's like five months, you can't do anything 
really. Like you can't sing in public for the most part. You absolutely cannot use the American Idol logo to oh, promote wow. yourself for shows. You can't there. It's that. pretty airtight yeah, the way right. that they, they secure that, which is outrageous because you're just coming off a reality show. You know, you want to start performing. Right. That's, that's it. like, yeah, like yeah, you're, yeah. it's it's go time. Yeah, it's your moment. But that's your moment. Uh, but they they locked you down. Like you can't really do much after that. So Scott knew the contract and he was like, OK, on this day that, you know, you're out of this contract, we're going to fly you out to L.A. and we're going to do a few videos. And we knocked out. We did three videos in one day. Wow. I think it might it might have been over two days, but we did three videos quick. I did. Hey, there, Delilah. Uh, say my name and sugar were going down those were the three first videos i did with them and then after that i started touring i started touring with them nonstop. i was with them for six years doing maybe six months out of the year i did i have no idea how many u.s tours and then i got <laughs> okay. to do two europe tours with them which i would tour for the rest of my life like that taught me that that's all i want to do like some people aren't really cut out for touring they don't really enjoy it that's I, I will tour for the rest of my life. It's the absolute, it's my favorite thing to do. It makes me a better person. I'm nicer to everyone when I'm on tour. Cause it's like, everything is a first impression. Yeah. And so yeah. I constantly want to, I want to have, like give a good first impression and I want to be really nice to people cause they don't know me. You know what I mean? Like it makes me a better person. Right. So yeah. I kind of tried to wiggle out of jazz. Like, and it's been a complicated journey for me because like, I've always wanted to be a songwriter and I always will be a songwriter. Before I did American Idol, I would have never called myself a vocalist. Yeah. That was never what I said. I always said I'm a musician or I'm a songwriter. And it wasn't until that show that I was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm actually a singer. But I've, that was never what I wanted. It's not like I, I love performing my own songs, but I never wanted to just be considered a singer. And then on top of that, I was a cover singer. Yeah. So I wasn't singing my own songs. I was singing covers on American Idol. I was singing covers with Postmodern Jukebox. And so now I'm trying to learn how to like appreciate and respect my time as a jazz musician and not be like ashamed of those things because sometimes I am. Yeah. Um, but trying to like be proud of that. But then also right now I'm currently just working on my own music constantly. I'm in light speed over here working on my own music and it's complicated because a lot of people know me as a jazz singer and now trying to play shows, I'm, you know, banging on a guitar and they're expecting, you know, my funny Valentine. It's a very... <laughs> Well, it's it, a very complicated thing, but yeah, yeah, I kind of got swept up quick with music. It happened very, very, very fast. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why, like, in my intro, I was like, I, you know, I don't want to put her in a box because it sounds like you do, you know, you're, you're very, you, you do all sorts of different genres and, and just whatever kind of, you know, strikes you at the time, maybe even. And yeah, it's funny you mentioned that about American Idol because, uh, you know, I feel like with, just like with people who become like humongous celebrities overnight which is basically what you did uh, yeah you always hear them backtrack and say like you know that I didn't know what I was doing like I you know I knew what I liked at the time but that isn't really yeah. what I wanted to do and so they kind of get stuck in these certain you, you know it's it's almost like uh, you get stereotyped yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. like Tom Cruise only doing action movies or you know something yeah. like that so yeah it's it's interesting. absolutely yeah, I got I got pigeonholed pretty hard um, doing that show just because like I was 
I was the weird girl. I was quirky quirk with a capital Q. I was literally, that's what they ran with for the entire show is like, I was queen of the weirdos and like it did beautiful things for my fan base and for people who, who keep up with, with my career because like that, there is something really beautiful about that when it comes to kids, because kids see that and they're like, holy shit, I can, you know, go to school as myself. I can be as weird as I want to be. And that's, that's cool. That's, that's good. Right. which is beautiful for kids. But then when it comes to what I'm doing, it, you know, just like a ukulele, it's very hard to be taken seriously as a musician when you're the novelty, yeah. when you're quirky quirk with a capital Q. You yeah, know what I mean? It's yeah. really hard for me to go, oh, actually, I'm a really talented songwriter. They don't really know that about it. So that whole weird situation has followed me for forever and like i get it i'm i'm a, I'm a little bizarre i get it but like, well isn't everyone i'm a really <laughs> good songwriter though so <laughs> it's hard it's hard to be to break out of that that hole and even when i got off of that show i had no fucking idea who i was i had no idea like to the point where like the record that you mentioned uh welcome to the variety show yeah. was the first thing i did after that show and I literally didn't know what I was doing to the point of I made a variety show record. So every song on that record is a different genre. Yeah. Because I couldn't decide. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was I was doing. So I was like, okay, I'll have one bluegrass song and then I'll have one song, you know, that sounds like it's like coming from a cassette player. And I'll have one song that has this is like gypsy jazz with this accordion and blah, blah, blah. Like, it was all over the place. And looking back at that, it's crazy to see. Cause I'm like, damn, I had no idea what I was doing to the point where I couldn't even decide on a genre for a record. Like yeah. it, it was crazy being like drenched in all of these genres that aren't necessarily mine. Like I've never written a jazz song in my life. I don't write jazz music. <laughs> that's, that's not it. I've, yeah. I, I like performing jazz because vocally it's difficult vocally it's fun i get to play with my voice but like i'm not writing jazz music over here like i'm writing what i consider to be rock and roll music yeah. so it's been weird having to break through that for so long and not be you know the novelty anymore it's it's been rough <laughs> yeah well it, but i i definitely see what you are saying when you say it kind of helped you though too because it, mm -hmm. in being all those different things you were also kind of very unique too like because you did mm -hmm. it in your own way and i think that's maybe you know what people love about you is uh mm -hmm. is uh the fact that you are so unique in in the way that you craft your music and, and so how did your relationship with bolin records begin and and is there any background you can give us about you know the record label i mean it's all through jj for me all through jj Braves. is i uh i met him through a tinder date killing it um <laughs> and we just started playing music together and then we started working um at this studio together called black and gold studio that absolutely changed them. my life this yeah. studio saved my life in one million ways like i could never express how grateful I am for this studio but we started working there and then JJ knew Caleb who's the head of the label from touring as he used to book Josh for tour managing gigs yeah and just kind of out of nowhere was like hey by the way we're we're gonna start this label and I kind of just fell into it 
from that is, you know, Caleb was talking about how he wants more uh, women on the roster, which obviously I'm a big supporter of. Yeah. And yeah, they just genuinely like the music and it's so fun to, they're fun to get excited with. You know what I mean? Like if like, I truly think right now this single that I just released and this video that I'm about to release is something really special. I truly, truly believe in it. And so do they. And that's the most important thing is to have someone who believes in it as much as you do. And they're just fucking monsters. Like Kai sends out so many emails like Kai, who you're, you were talking about, yeah, is just she's incredible. a machine when it comes. She's a machine when it comes out to emails. And like, I love that every day she's just excited. She's like, yo, I got this playlist. I got this playlist. I got, you know, per- like possibly this interview and all of these things. And it's just a pump up. You know what I mean? Like, it makes me more excited about something as well. So, yeah, yeah them and Black and Gold Studio, I've always needed. I've always needed the tools to make something. And... I finally, I finally got it after 31 years. Yeah. That's really awesome. I finally got it. Yeah, congratulations. That's that's so cool. And Kai, she really is amazing. Like um, Mm -hmm. every time I work with Kai and and have any communication with Kai, you can tell she's just on it. You know, she's she's so good at uh, communication and and um, scheduling and and just everything. Yeah, it's it's really been amazing to to get to know her and 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 kind of switching gears here, if that's okay. one of the questions we had, because right now we're kind of talking, you know, about the past a little bit and, and what brought you here to the to where you are now. And I hate to bring up COVID, but, you know, it had a huge impact in the world of music recently. And, you know, it, were you and your team affected by it? Did it cause any delays or anything like that um, for you? COVID was crazy for me. So I didn't get involved with Bolin Records until very recently, like a few months ago, maybe. But... COVID, COVID was such a crazy time in my life. So like, I decided to fully change my entire life. And I mean, all of it. I got sober for the first time in my life and was a insanely high functioning, but crazy drug addict, like all just always on some concoction of something, um, you know, figured out through therapy later on that it was all just self-medicating. I have bipolar one pretty, pretty severely, um, have pretty severe manic episodes. Um, and so I decided, I was like, listen, I gotta, this isn't how it's going to be. Like, it was kind of this moment where I was like, I'm either going to die or I'm going to get my shit together. And I decided, I made the decision. I got sober for the first time since I was 16. And I got divorced from a 11 year relationship. We met when I was 18 and we had been together ever since. And we were very codependent and did lots of drugs together, which wasn't a good situation where we enabled each other very much. So literally we used to joke about how if we were superheroes, we'd be the enablers. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> that kind, that kind of situation. Oh, um, but sorry. yeah, so I got sober and I got divorced right before COVID hit, right beforehand. So huge and changes. I'm, yeah. I moved into my own apartment for the first time in my life. I lived by myself, moved into my own place. And I was like, I want, I just want space and I want to be alone and find myself and whatever, live, laugh, love, bullshit. And I moved into this place and then the whole world got put into lockdown. And it was like the universe was like, oh, you want to be alone? 
Let's make <laughs> you a villain. Let's yeah. get you alone. Oh boy. Um, and Sorry because of that, that, and because of how you know mentally and emotionally crazy that time was, I just started writing, 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 writing. I put my piano in front of my window, and I just wouldn't stop. I everything. And it wasn't until honestly I met Josh that we always called him bedroom songs of like my demos. Is it's all just piano and me or guitar and me, and we started to because i had got access to the studio we started to, like to take these bedroom songs into a studio and actually turn them into something huge that i heard in my head so like none of what i'm making right now would have even been possible without covid like it just wouldn't if i didn't make all of those changes if a freaking pandemic didn't hit this record wouldn't happen none of these songs would exist and if they did they would exist with my guitar in my head you know what i mean yeah so like it it was the it was a game changer for me. So it was a positive uh, thing as much as a negative thing. It sounds like I, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was all over the place. It was, it was raw. Like I was just a raw human being. I was learning who I was without being on drugs, which is crazy. Like I, there's like a, a lyric in one of my songs. Like I've always been the loudest in the room. It's like I have always been for my whole life, the life of the party like me and my ex-husband, like we were, we took control of a room quick. You know what I mean? Like yeah, being yeah, dynamic uh -huh. duo to the max. And then I got sober and I realized like, that's not really me. Like I'm actually kind of a quiet person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of when I'm hammered, moment. Yeah. When I'm hammered, I'm a blast. When I'm hammered, I'm a good time. But like I kept talking about how I felt like I was meeting everyone for the first time after I got sober. Yeah. Cause it was like, I was, it was a whole new person that like I had to meet all of my friends for the first time again. And it was bizarre. It was, it was mega, mega bizarre. So it was just raw. Like everything I was feeling was so new and like painful in a way. But then also I, you know, discovered that it was a, it was a lie. This whole, good art comes from you know a struggle and and tragedy and like depression makes the the woe is me artist situation right but that's bullshit. like it's something it's an excuse that i used for a very very long time to like self-destruct and self-sabotage so i was like oh i'll get good art out of it but yeah. like really like i barely wrote any good material while i was you know really really bad and heavy on drugs yeah. and as soon as i got sober i just started pumping them out and I, I realized that that was all just bullshit. You know what I mean? This whole woe is me artist thing isn't real. So I got to have clarity and start writing about my struggle. And all of my songs are very personal. So it it just fueled it in so many ways. It's such a bizarre time. I can't wait until 20 years from now just looking back on this time period and like all of the change that happened during this is yeah. going to be going to be like getting on a reality show. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it sounds yeah. like a huge metamorphosis. Like, and, yeah. and it sounds like it was, it started off as maybe like the worst thing ever, and it's turned mm -hmm. out to be one of the best things. Hey, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed part one of three in our interview and conversation with Joey Cook. We will have part two for you next week, exactly a week from now on Saturday where we will talk more with Joey about what she has going on and we hope that you'll tune in. Thank you.